This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 194 of the Dressage Radio Show and the Horse Radio Network brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida. And this is Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, Philip is off this week. He had uh, he was very busy. So we he did let have him a busy have, week. He's digging snow, is what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I think and cranky doing it. <laughs> yeah. I think the blizzard really got to him and he's like, I don't I don't know. I think <laughs> well, he's and hiding. it's Valentine's week. Yeah. So we we, we changed sweetie. our day. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And he has a sweetie. Are you do you and Jennifer have anything planned, Glenn? Actually we're heading uh we're heading to Disney on uh to, tomorrow. We're recording this on Wednesday for uh for Valentine's Day. So we're gonna spend the day oh. at Disney. Taking the day that off. sounds great. Oh, how fun. Oh, that sounds great. Is your husband coming down to see you? You're stuck by yourself. I am stuck by myself. And, and actually, there's quite a bit going on. We'll hear from Jennifer Wood. There's a big CDI going on at Global this week. And I'm actually heading home on Friday for a clinic, but also, of course, to see my honey, to see Travis. Um, so we're kind of postponing Valentine's Day till Friday. So uh, that should be fun just to see him. Well, that works. That works. I think he's missing me. He had to go to that foreign place called the grocery store by himself. <laughs> and use that machine called the washing machine. Yeah, and, yes, and yeah. he's using the washing machine. So, so far, it's good. But I think he's happy to have me home for the weekend to, to help out a little. Well, that'll be fun. And then, of course, uh, uh, Philip and I are both heading down your way next weekend. And we're going to get together in person for a change. I know. I can't wait to see you guys. It's going to be lots of fun, and, and we have a great show planned for next week, and, and we're, maybe we'll record something, because you've never personally met Philip. No, so I have not met Philip in person. That's correct. Yep. That'll be fun. So, so I'm looking forward to forward. getting down to Wellington, where it's been about 100 degrees. and uh, it, it, uh, It's hard to whine that it's been really hot <laughs> <laughs> when the, hearing that people, but it was actually record-breaking heat today, and you don't think about it, but it's, it's hard on the horses. You know, it's summer, essentially. And, um, well, it hit almost 90, didn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. very hot, very, very hot. And in the sun here is just, it's even more intense than it is in, at, in Kentucky. And it, in Kentucky, I have an indoor, so, you know, it's, or it's covered in the summer. So I'm not, not in the sun. So uh, we've had to be actually pretty careful when it comes to heat, uh, which I know no one up north wants to hear about, but uh, it has been a little bit of an issue down here, so. Well, I'm going to try and not embarrass myself hosting the dressage show, and I apologize in advance. So Uh-oh. now that I've gotten no. that out of the way... <laughs> We have a, a couple of great guests coming up. Uh, we have uh, Mary Jordan on, who it was a was an alternate to the para team in London this summer, and she I became friends with her during the World Equestrian Games in Kentucky. Uh, she uh, and we're going to talk to her. I'll tell you a little bit about, more about her in, in just a minute. Plus, we have Jennifer Wood coming on, and she is the media relations for uh, for Equestrian Sport Productions and things the global that goes on down there in Wellington. She's going to kind of give us a mid season update, and then you have somebody uh, uh, somebody that you know coming on to do a trainer tip, right? I do. Cassandra Bartow, um, she won the Young Rider several years ago, and she started her own business. She is coming on to give us a trainer tip about how to deal with a difficult horse. So I'm looking forward to that. Very good. Well, let's go to our first guest. We have Jennifer Wood coming up from uh, to talk to give us an update on what's going on in Wellington. Well, hi, Jennifer. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. 
So give us a mid-season update about the goings-on in Wellington and what's up down there. Um, well, we've started the Ataquan Global Dressage Festival on January 22nd um, with one of our national shows. Um, we also had our first CDI show, which was a World Cup uh, rating um, at the end of January, beginning of February. And then we're looking to start our second CDIW tomorrow, um, which goes through Sunday. And it's the Florida Dressage Classic presented by the USPRE Association. Have entries been uh, up to snuff? Or are you are you getting what you had hoped? Um, I think it was a little slower for our first few shows. Um, you know, we had other shows going on in the area. Um, people, you know, not starting quite as early. But this show this weekend, we have the most entries we've ever seen. Um, almost 200 horses, and we have 23 going in the Grand Prix. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot. I was there yesterday, and they were putting up tents while I was riding my young horse in the USCF uh, training session yesterday. So there is a lot going on. I will tell yeah. you firsthand. But it, it was great, and I survived. So I was even happier. <laughs> even better. It is exciting, though, to see that many horses be able to go to the Grand Prix level. Oh, absolutely. And t- Jennifer, tell us about the facility. The facility um, is called the Stadium at Palm Beach International Equestrian Center. Um, this is our second year hosting events there. Um, we have our great international arena with um, a big tent lining the side of it. We have a huge covered arena and we have um, two sand rings um on the back side of the main ring as well so it's a giant facility it's and it's designed for the horse so we, all we've gotten um from feedback from riders is that they love it oh it is it is a great facility and the footing is phenomenal um yeah. we we were we my my student showed a couple weeks ago and got her gold medal at global and um it's very awesome. easy to come in and out and the facilities are great the wash racks are great so, um, well, tell us a little bit about this weekend. Um, this weekend we is presented by the USPRE Association, which is um, the Pure Spanish Horses. They have an event tonight, um, just kind of a welcome party for people. Anybody's welcome. Uh, it's free general admission. You get to see some demonstrations on Spanish horses. Um, and then tomorrow is our, you know, the start of our Grand Prix classes um at noon with the the big uh six thousand dollar fei grand prix um and i'm sure most people are excited friday night we have the grand prix freestyle uh which is always really fun to watch that's at 7 p.m and you have a uh sport horse auction coming up down there too don't you at the end of february isn't there yeah we have a um the weft sport horse auction and it's held with the vdl stud um so we have 18 horses coming over most of them are young horses um four and five year olds but there are a few um older horses that have show experience as well hey reese it's valentine's day call your husband say you need a loan (laughs) i know (laughs) yeah you ready for some live bidding yes be ready be ready tell them to warm up the credit card yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's some really gorgeous horses Uh yeah and didn't i see um a also uh didn't i see a press release about a big event in april coming up too yes we have um 
we have our CDI five star from April 4th to 7th. And then April 11th to 14th is our nation's cup week for dressage, um, which is really cool. And we had one last year, which was a huge success and the riders really loved it. Um, and it's the only non-championship nation's cup held for dressage in the Western hemisphere, which is kind of shocking when you think about it. Um, but also really cool that we get to have this team competition for them. Oh, absolutely. No. So tell us a little bit about how does the nation's cup work for the people that don't know how that works? Um, so the thing about this one this year, we worked with the FBI to, um, adjust some of the format of it before. Um, and it's going to be like a test event for the Pan American games. So, um, the Pan Am games used to only be the small tour classes and now there you can do a mix of small tour and large tour horses, um, whichever combination you want. So that's going to be really cool to see, you know, different countries and, and really trying to help raise the level of dressage in some of these other countries that don't have, um, huge programs there. Well, where can people find out all the details? All of our stuff is at www.globaldressagefestival.com. Will you come back uh, as we get through the season here, maybe like once a month, and uh, give us an update? Yeah, definitely. I'd love to. All right. Terrific. Thank you very much. And you guys uh, have fun tonight down there partying in Wellington. Will do. (laughs) And come out tomorrow night to watch, uh, or Friday night to watch the freestyle. Well, after this word from Kentucky Performance Products, Reese, we are going to speak to Mary Jordan. I got to know Mary when we were doing the World Equestrian Games radio show before uh, WEG 2010, and I got to know pretty much all of the para riders, and what a great, great group we have here in the United States, and Mary is is one of that group. She's an absolutely fascinating person to talk to. She's she's a lifelong equestrian, uh, but it was only about 10 years ago that she came down with multiple sclerosis. Yeah, but she, as you, you're going to hear that she does not let that stop her in the least. I mean, she, she was pony club. She was hunter jumpers. She was fox hunter. She is a true horse person. She's done major breed shows at Devon. Uh, and even after MS, she she has continued to compete at the highest levels and is now shooting for for Normandy. So we're going to chat with her about her plans coming up here right after this word from Kentucky Performance Products. We hear from Mary Jordan. Well, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we talk a lot about Kentucky Performance Products, and that's because they are a name you can trust to give you the most value for your supplement money. Kentucky Performance Products offer supplements designed to target specific problems and are made with high-quality ingredients included at effective levels. The company's supplements are intended to complement, not compete, with your dressage horse's current feeding program, guarding against over-supplementation, and each product is backed by sound research and the money-back satisfaction guarantee. And today, we'd like to talk to you about Nalox, the original equine antacid. It's recommended by veterinarians and leading horsemen as a way of maintaining a healthy stomach, which reduces the risk of ulcers. Nalox can be given daily to horses exposed to stressful conditions or as needed when shipping, competing, or during stall confinement. You know, you can learn about Nalox and all the products at Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. 
Well, hi, Mary. Welcome to the Dressage Show. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Good. It's good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Yes. Yes, it's really great to catch up with you. And I saw a post that you did on Facebook today, and I said, well, I have to have her on because, you know, you and I met at the last World Equestrian Games in Kentucky, and now you have this thought that you would like some wine, and uh, you want to head to, to that region of France. Absolutely. It just, uh, I'm very excited to move forward. I I came back from London loaded for bear, and oh, I really want to go to Normandy. And uh, it seemed pretty fitting because my niece just married a Frenchman, so they're not far away. I <laughs> <laughs> family overseas. That's an omen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, what about what about uh, London? You were an alternate, right? Right? Yes, yes, I was. Uh, I was the first rider alternate uh, to go to the London 2012 Paralympics, and so we participated in the training camp in Gladstone right before the team pushed out, and um, so we. Sebastian stayed home, but as luck would have it, I had a wonderful opportunity to work with Kentucky Equine Research in the feed and bedding department at the London Paralympics. So. The Monday after training camp, I got on a plane to Heathrow and landed and worked at the venue for two weeks in Greenwich Park, and it was a fantastic experience. Wow. And I know you have a background working for feed companies, don't you? Yes. <laughs> so how long have you been doing that? You were with Penfield for a while and now now with Cavalor, right? Yes, I I have been an equine nutrition geek since I was a pony clubber at 11, and I worked for Penfield for three years, and I got my equine advisor certification through Kentucky Equine Research to work on equine diets, and I helped them out at the Paralympics, and then I just started with Cavalor Feeds uh, in December. Okay. Yeah, terrific. Well, tell us about your horse. Well, actually, everything is going really well. Sebastian, um, my alternate horse for London, has been in full training, and I've been working hard with uh, Team USA coach uh, Missy Ransenhausen and her mother, Jessica. Uh, So Sebastian has been hunkered down in Blue Hill uh, in Pennsylvania, and I've been traveling all winter uh, down to ride him. And then I have... P. Sparrow Socks, who was also long listed for London here at home in Maine. And I've been working her all winter um, on my own. And uh, recently we are testing out another addition to our string, uh, a hopeful for Rio. So we are hip deep in horses. And tell us about, tell us about Sebastian. What, 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 is he a homebred too? No, Sebastian actually is owned by D.C. Dennison, and she is from Fairleigh, Vermont. And I met D.C. through a friend of a friend of mine, and Sebastian actually came from Germany a few years ago. He was a breeding stallion over there and competed for a while and then was imported by D.C., and uh, she was very kind enough to share him with me as a mount going into the whole uh, months leading up to London. So it's been a real pleasure to work with him and with DC. Right, right. And so, what's your biggest challenge right now? What are you working on, either yourself or your horse? Um, you know, where do you think the improvement needs to be? 
Well, being on the ground and actually not having the pressure of competing in London gave me an amazing opportunity to see what the standard of riding and horse has been. Uh, and, and it was just a bird's eye view being ringside in London. And it was, again, a call to action to really step up my game. I mean, you have to work so hard on many different levels, um, uh, improving your own riding, improving your fitness, and uh, keeping your horse tuned up, having your eyes on the future, looking for future prospects uh, so that we can compete with the ever-evolving standard of quality horse that's out there. And then, of course, um, you know, we work on all of that and fundraising as well. It's a, it's a never-ending process. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's so true. And Mary, I think it, that's a great way because it's the same. I, I think people, uh, there's maybe a misunderstanding with paradressage, and that is it, is it is a high performance team. So all the fundraising and all the finding horses and working and fitness, it's the same for both teams. And, and that's one thing I think people really maybe don't understand, but it's true. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the horses at the Paralympics were no different than the top Grand Prix horses uh, that Able Body was riding, and that's our standard. And um, it's just incredible because we have to find the same quality horse, and it also has to have a a gold-plated brain as well to uh, deal with all of our bodies as para-riders. So, um it, it really is um, it really is a high performance sport and one that we just have to stay on top of. So Mary, what's your plan now going forward, getting ready for the wagon 2014? Well, uh, right now, my first goal is to get out of my snowbank and get down to Wellington. <laughs> um, I'm bringing two horses down there uh, to compete in the CPEDI three star and that the first order of business is to get a qualifying score um, to move forward towards the WEG selection process. Um, I'm also looking right now to bring Sebastian over to Europe, hopefully this spring, to do um, a show in Marcel, Belgium, and in Mannheim, Germany. So that's uh, that's a primary focus. And then coming back here and a steady diet of showing and training and it looks to be that our national championship will be in, in actually Lexington in October. And I want to come out to that and perhaps uh, bring the new horse as well. And boy, it doesn't change whether you're para or able-bodied. That, that showing, that going to Europe and having that experience is as important as it is in able-bodied. Absolutely. I mean, when I came back uh, from London again and had um, a meeting with my coaches, uh, showing and competing in, in Europe is such an important pro part of the process. You have to have your eye and your body tuned to what riders are doing internationally, and you have to get in front of the judges. And I think back to 2009 when I did my first European show, which was the four-star European Championships in Norway, and it was such an eye-opener, the, the caliber of the horses, the quality of the riding. And you kind of need a steady diet of that to motivate you and not allow yourself to be complacent in any way, uh, to constantly push forward so that hopefully uh, when we make the team in Normandy, 
our teams can be successful and we can bring home medals. That's what it's all about. And um, so that's that's what's motivating me every day, really. Are you still gunning for the British? Are they still the ones? <laughs> Oh my gosh! It it they they were obviously the gold standard there, but you know the the Dutch had some fabulous young horses there that were that were outrageously good, and um, everybody was just amazing. I mean, there everybody that was there deserved to be there, and so again, it's just boiling down to honing your game and um, honing your mounts. And one of the things that we've all been pushing towards uh, this spring is having a symposium up here in Maine uh, with um, Hanukkah Gerritsen, who is a world-class O-judge uh, for para. She's coming. And Clive Milken, uh, he was the gold medal coach for Sophie uh, for Team Great Britain. And so we're being blessed with really high-end uh, eyes on the ground to to work with our riders and our coaches here to push it forward. Great. So, Mary, when is the CP your first qualifying event? When is that happening? It's March 14th through the 17th. Perfect. And down here in Wellington. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and if people would want to find some information out on how to come and how to find Para and how to help you fundraise, where is a great place for them to start? They can start with the United States Para Equestrian Association. That is, uh, we have a website, and Hope Hand is our president, and she is the chief cook and bottle washer there. She directs a lot of activity, uh, you know. President can, and Spitfire, I might add. Yeah, the <laughs> president and Spitfire, absolutely. <laughs> um, so th- th- people can reach out to her. Hi, Hope. Um, I people- know she's going to listen to this, so hi, Hope. <laughs> yeah, I hope. Um, I, I would also uh, be available to to um, direct uh, people to um, her or to our coach, Missy Ranshausen. Um, I am the chairman of the Para Equestrian Eligible Athlete Committee for USEF, and I'm on the High Performance Committee as well. Um, we're, we're welcoming all people to get involved, to learn about Para, to get classified. I know there's more talent out there. And uh, we really just want to open up the doors and let people see what we're doing and, you know, help us take our performance and sport to the next level. Well, before we let you go, Mary, I have to ask you a question. You and I go back a long way, so uh, if people might cringe, but uh, this is okay that I ask her this, is how is your health? My health is is doing very well. I I'm uh, I celebrated, if you can call it that, my my ten year anniversary of my diagnosis with multiple sclerosis, and I am knock on wood. I'm happy to say I'm I'm doing very well. I work very closely with my neurologist in Boston. I'm in three studies down there, and really, I I'm just I'm pushing myself in all kinds of ways right now. I'm um, uh, I've actually, to step up my fitness, I've started some uh, kind of disco cardio kickboxing, which I, I love to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I love disco I love kickboxing. Them. There we go. <laughs> yeah, it's it, 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 Do they have the big really... silver ball in the middle of the floor? <laughs> they cool. do. They have the mirror ball and the flashing lights. But what I like about it is with, uh, you know, my balance sometimes kind of wavers a little bit, but the lights are dark. So I can just like flail around wildly <laughs> and I'm burning calories as a main housewife and uh, readying myself for Normandy. It's, uh, That's it's, awesome. It's I think I need fun. to go to that. <laughs> I always count on Mary for a chuckle. Every yeah, time I've interviewed great. her, she's had something I new that, that she's. Uh, <laughs> I love that. That's that's my new uh, my new fitness craze uh, up here in Maine to keep me warm. You know when it's three below zero. Well, don't worry. It is hot in South Florida right now, so get ready. It was a record breaking heat today, so very very warm. Oh my so, gosh, that's just and your suntan lotion. I, you're going to need it. <laughs> you're going to need it. I know because we had we had in this blizzard of uh, 2013, we had 35 inches of snow. Uh, and oh my gosh! Well, it, yeah. You're going to enjoy the 80 degrees when you get down here. Let me tell you. Yes. It's, you're going to. Oh, enjoy. surf's up. It's beach weather. I'm I'm com- <laughs> I'm coming down. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. Good Thanks, luck, Mary. and uh, I look forward to maybe seeing you in a couple of weeks when you're down here. Absolutely, Glenn. We will connect. And Reese, it was so nice to meet you on the phone, and I'll look for you in Wellington. Sounds great. Well, Glenn, you are right. Mary is a spitfire and just a pleasure to listen to. And I'm going to root her on uh, in March, but also on her journey to uh, Normandy to the World Equestrian Games. So um, she was wonderful. So now I'm really um, happy to introduce uh, a good friend of mine, Cassandra Bartow. She, uh, I've seen her grow up and she won the Young Riders. And now she's a head trainer at uh, Willow Brook Equestrian Center in Villa Rica, Georgia. So she's going to talk to us about how to deal with a difficult horse. Well, this evening, I'm very happy to have Cassandra or Cassie Bartow, who is the head trainer at Willow Brook Equestrian Center in Villa Rica, Georgia, with us for our weekly trainer tip. Cassie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Reese. Well, I um, I ran into you in Wellington. Uh, we were having dinner together, and um, I asked if you would come on the show. And I think you have a great tip for all of us um, this week that deal with, you know, have either a difficult horse or somewhat a horse that's a little bit finicky. And you're going to talk about less is more and having patience with a horse like that. Absolutely. Well, I got a horse. His name's Ari, and. I bought him for a dollar about two years ago in Wellington, and um, he basically had a really big problem with rearing, flipping over, that kind of stuff, but very talented horse and actually a sweetheart. Oh, just those little things, uh, Cassie? Huh? Just those little things? That's all? (laughs) Just a few little problems, yes. But basically, it wasn't his fault. That's what I like to say. He's really a sweetheart, but... uh, (laughs) So I just had to learn how to ride him, and I've gotten to ride a lot of amazing horses um, at a very young age and do a lot of showing and been very privileged, and this is the first horse that I've actually owned by myself. I paid for him the whole dollar, and uh, so I am very excited about that, and I've worked hard with him and gone to California, trained with Stefan and Shannon Peters with him, and um, I put a lot of pressure on him and myself. And it really didn't get me anywhere for quite a long time with him. And I was almost about to give up on him as well. And I really took it backwards with him. And with Cassie Morelli's help, 
Um, she's been my trainer along with obviously my parents, Kim and Yvonne Bartow. And with Kathy's training and help, she's worked on my mind and my patience and just exactly less is more and really, really rewarding the small things and going back to the basics with him. So that is basically where I think when you have a horse that is a little bit problematic and you just think you can ride it for like an hour or two or whatever to push it through, that it really, with some of the more mentally challenged horses, it backfires in your face, at least from my experience. So I would say that my biggest thing that I can say from the journey that this horse has taken me on, which has made me grow up and mature more than any other horse, um, would be that if he did something really small, I would make a huge deal of it in a good way. If he did something small that was good, it was a huge deal. If he did something bad that was big bad, then I would just make that a small problem instead. So I would really focus on the positive with him. And he's very energetic himself as well. So basically calming my own self down and really just keeping everything low key has helped a lot with that. How long did it take you from the time you got him and really started working with him with this approach till till you you would say the light bulb went on and he switched from from the rearing and and everything else he was doing to trusting you and and starting to play the game? Um, I would have to say the moment I switched my mindset, he switched his, but it took me a long time to switch my mindset. And so uh, there was a lot of groundwork done, and we didn't really make a lot of progress. We would have some hit-or-miss days, but nothing that was getting steady and better, and that happened for a good eight months to a year, uh, just like that. But when I would change the program up, and I mean some of the times I would take the horse on a trail ride and do nothing but walk him or do stretchy trail work and then hop off of him, and the next day it would have gotten further and he would be better and feel better in his back than he did if I did shoulder in for 30 minutes. So you can really, I think, get to the horse's body a lot quicker by working their mind than working their body. So Cassie, what are some things when you, when you say you're working his mind, did you, did you do a lot of hacking? Did you do some jumping or, or was it all just transition work? How did you, how did you do that? Well, it really changed as well when I moved to Georgia. And um, uh, when I started taking over, I run my barn there. So I actually clean the stalls, feed the horses. I walk down from my apartment. I open my door to my apartment, and my horse just starts screaming as soon as he hears that I open my door because he knows that I feed him. And I think that all of that, just as much personal time and that groundwork that you do when I turn him out and I do hack him. He's very good on trails. He's never been a spooker for all of his other ailments. Um, he doesn't have any spooking issues. I can trust him on the buckle hacking around. So it's weird to say that a horse that has those kinds of problems with connection and rearing and stuff is actually bomb-proof. So when amateurs ask me if a horse is bomb-proof, my horse is technically bomb-proof but has a, has a problem with connection or did. So that's a slippery slope. But basically just hacking him around and spending the time with him and slowing the process down and rewarding him. I think we all get caught up in exercises and especially if myself or anyone else, an amateur or a young rider is taking a lesson and you just get so focused on the trainer's lesson that you actually disconnect from your horse so much and you don't ever have that time 
to say, you know what, if you need the help from your trainer, which of course we all do, you also have to put in the time where you're not focused on the trainer or the third party, that you're focused on your horse and that you really are. I think, you know, of course it's um, extremely important with a mentally challenged horse like that, but I think it's important for all of the horses, even the ones that don't show it so violently, I say. Do you do you do you find that you have to drill him a little bit less than you would uh, any other horse, and really have to take him out of the ring, or has that not been an issue? I might say it used to be, but now I'm riding quite a few horses. I probably work between seven and eleven horses a day, and my horse is my best ride because I've figured out his mind, etc. He's the easiest for me to ride. He's so I think that's just because the groundwork is there and the personality we share. Like, there's just a, a definite rapport between us now. So um, with him, I would say it's the easiest. I don't know how else to explain it. Right. No, I think that that's a great way to explain it. And, and I agree with you. I think there's so much time, um, you know, we do get caught up with, I have to be on my horse for my lesson, or I have to ride, and I have to get home uh, for a lot of the amateur riders out there, or even professional riders. You know, you have a certain number of horses you have to get done and certain calls you have to make. And, and there is, you know, you forget that, that you just sometimes just to take the time and, and feed your horse and turn them out and love on them and groom them uh, is, is a lot of time that, it, it, that everybody should take. Yes, well, absolutely. And, you know, it's definitely worth it. And for me, that's a bigger payoff than anything else. I mean, just because I am um, uh, starting my own business and a new trainer, et cetera, and I've worked under a lot of big names as well, and I push and I push and I push. And, of course, there's a place and a time and a need for that 100%. But really having another level of success, and making it fun, which is why any of us, not even just amateurs or young riders, but professionals, we do do it because it's our passion and it's, it's fun. So you have to really keep that in mind, not only for yourself, but for your horse, because at the end of the day, it has to really feel more like play than work. And that's when you get the best work out of a horse and out of yourself, in my opinion. And I'm so glad to hear you say that because I think we found, you know, uh, we found just by you know talking to professional riders for the last four years of all different disciplines, it always takes one horse to teach them about the importance of, 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 of enjoying it a little more than they were of, you know, uh, yes, you, you be intense when you, when you have to be intense, but there are times when you need to back off and you need to enjoy it too. And that's forgotten so easily when you're in the competition world. So I'm really happy to hear you say that. Yes. Well, it's the truth. It's definitely this horse has taught me more than anybody else. And I'm so forever grateful for that. And I will always love him. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Well, Cassie, thank you so much for coming on the show, and we'd love to hear an update as you go through uh, the next couple years with him and see how the showing's going, if that's where you're going, or just how he's developing over time. Yes, we're planning on the developing horse uh, this summer, the pre-St. George, because he's of that age group, and uh, so we'll see how that goes, and uh, if we qualify for it, and that's, that's well, basically mine and Ari's goal. Well, we will be cheering you on. Cassie, where can we find you online? Um, I have my website. It's uh, www.cassiebarto.com. Great. Well, we encourage all the listeners to follow along on you and Ari's story. So thanks so much for your time tonight. Thanks, Cassie. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Well, Reese, have you had that horse like Cassie was talking about that really taught you about, about you know, the fact that you 
got to have some fun along the way, too, and slow down a little, maybe? Yeah, you know, Glenn, we always had nice horses growing up, um, without a doubt. But my mom, being the horsewoman that she is, um, you know, she was able to pick good horses, but also horses that that had some issues. Um, The particular one is my sister's horse, uh, Alfredo, that she ended up, she was silver medal at the Young Riders. Um, She won eight international medals on that horse. But he was crazy. (laughs) I mean, God bless him. We actually lost him. He he ended up, we lost him. He had a... uh, degenerative suspensory ligament disorder. So it was terrible, but, um, he was really a challenging horse, but my sister was really the one that was able to sort of bring that horse together. And it was really incredible to watch her, to watch her work with that horse and see how we as a family interacted with him. Um, and then my first young rider horse was like that. Um, he had some, uh, he actually had some veterinary issues that taught me a lot about how to be a good horsewoman but also how to just deal with him because he was also really a hot tamale. And uh, that was the time I learned that I liked riding hot tamales. Uh, But there's challenges to that. Uh, How about you, Glenn? Well, I was just going to say, did you do that with guys too? Were you going after the bad boys? Because your husband now is the (laughs) nicest guy in the world. He's far from as bad boy as you can get. (laughs) <laughs> well, the good thing was I met him quite young, so that was probably a good thing. Uh, no, I, I, I didn't do it so much with boys because uh, I was busy with my, my horses. So that was a good Thank thing. I God. think that my mom and dad, <laughs> yeah, my dad and my mom and dad were, were definitely doing that for sure. So. I had, a, yeah. I had, I'm a driver and I had a hackney pony that we had gotten at an auction, a saved her at an auction actually. And we bought them for like 800 bucks. And, you know, I don't necessarily approve of the way they tra- uh, train what I call the high steppers. And this pony, it took him months before he wouldn't plaster himself against the back wall of the stall when you'd open the stall door. When you'd walk Aww. by the aisle, he'd just plaster himself. He was scared to death. And uh, it took a long time, but we got him around and, he, you know, he learned to trust me. But he was like driving a Ferrari. He was so much <laughs> fun. And my wife wouldn't go in the cart with me when we drive. <laughs> he was just like driving a Ferrari. He was my little Ferrari, and I loved that little hackney pony. Aww. I'd love to have another one again just because they're so much fun to drive. <laughs> but, you know, I, I learned it. a lot with him about patience. You know, that he was my yep. light bulb because I had already I always had dead broke ponies to drive before that. And but boy, when I got him, it taught me a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They, those horses, it's it's amazing what they can teach you and and how you can get it done. And and sometimes just the right person coming around is what they need. Terrific. Well, let's uh, wrap this up for today. We you have a party to get to. <laughs> I do. Jennifer was telling us about the party uh, that is happening tonight over at um, at Global. So I'm heading there. So I will give you a first hand report next week. All right, but so- you can. Say hi you to everybody can, for me. I will. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website at dressageradio.com. You can like us on Facebook. Just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. Very good. Well, thank you all, and uh, thank you for putting up with me filling in. Philip, I'll be back next week, so it's normal. And you can <laughs> you can listen to all the shows that I do on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com as well. Thank you, everybody. Keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and talk to you next week. 